chapter ten of ronald and i or studies from life by alfred prator this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ten the cruel crawling foam it was a touch of the old wilfulness in ronald which cost him dear and saddened all his future life a windy storm-swept sky though the wind was only playing with the sea as yet still it met us as we went down to the shore with a drift of sand that stung the face like pinpricks trying one might easily fancy to warn us back from our foolhardy enterprise a painter would have needed only his blends of grey to paint the scene till we came upon it and added i suppose a patch of colour wiser people than ourselves kept quietly indoors and the sand the sea the gulls and the hurrying scud could all have been rendered in varying shades of grey it is to me the most fascinating hue that the changeful sea can wear one great artist whose sketches are the glory of girton college knew it well with an unerring eye for this sad unity of tone she admits no faintest touch of colour into her cold grey wastes of sky and sea it was a risky and foolhardy attempt on the part of ronald and one that he has bitterly repented of to launch a boat that afternoon i can never quite forgive him for the sorrow it was to bring on us but his wife would have it so it was her greatest enjoyment to put out to sea on such a day a calm aimless drift in life or on the sea was out of harmony with her bright and nerve-wrought soul where ronald was still more at fault was in the choice of our third hand true we had a fair amount of experience between us but with a strong southwester to fight against weight and strength are the two things needed and will often win through a gale when experience is powerless ronald however was in one of his obstinate moods he would take oswald or no one and his wife said ditto now oswald was a lad of eighteen a good seaman i grant but quite unequal to the work we had in view however he was the son of ronald's favourite gardener and had been his wife's pet scholar at her sunday school since which time he had been her devoted slave making himself useful about the house and looking after her specialities in the garden and conservatory isn't that boat too big for us oswald remember there are only two of us to handle it for ronald's ill and can't be reckoned on for much unless i'm mistaken it intends to blow harder than this before it's done yes sir you're right in a way but we've got the winch to lower and haul her up with and once at sea she'll be a deal safer and stauncher than that one pointing to a lean wall-sided thing that was our only alternative besides we'll set very little canvas indeed to all appearance we shan't want much what a sail we had that afternoon i think that i who had countenanced it least enjoyed it most for ronald was only just recovering from influenza and certainly not up to a rough and tumble experience of this sort and oswald too for a lad of his spirits was strangely depressed never felt like it before he said and i shall be thankful when we're safe on shore again our old people at home would say that i was walking over my grave or some folly of the kind but that can't be out here he added with a poor attempt to laugh it off 
first of all we took her along under the lee of the shore where we were able to carry a fair amount of sail and when we had worked her well round the bay we put her head straight for the southeast and with the wind on our beam raced out into the open sea it was a longer and heavier business to work her back again with the wind right in our teeth and freshening steadily as the evening wore on fortunately for us it had only blown fitfully and without much weight in it till now it was still making up its mind as sailors say whether it would blow or not but as we were beaching her in a deep sandy cove it had finished apparently with indecision and began to blow in earnest just as we had landed and oswald was preparing to follow us a terrific squall burst upon the boat which lay beam on to it relieved of her last weight as oswald stepped on shore she yielded to the pressure and heeling over on her side pinned him to the ground in a moment the horror of it broke upon us what could we do the two of us even if ronald hadn't been shorn of half his strength it would have taken ten men to haul her over in the face of the gale that was blowing and the tide was rising rapidly it was idle to look for help we had beached her in a quiet sequestered cove used only by ourselves but it was closer to thorpe hill than the regular landing stage and after a hard day's work saved us a tedious beat along the coast when the wind was blowing from its present quarter the high land above us was private property with no right-of-way and on a day like this for it was beginning to rain would be lonely as a desert our first thought was of the winch we had had one fitted up under the cliff in order to save labor in launching and beaching the boat but even if it were possible we had no time nor knowledge how to alter the gear so as to utilize the leverage for righting her no doubt the incoming tide would help us later on but its help when it did come would come too late yet to do anything was better than to do nothing so we took the bailers out of the boat and kneeling down beside oswald attempted the hopeless task of freeing him by scooping out the sand on either side till he begged us to desist as the boat only fell over more heavily and imprisoned him still deeper in the yielding sand and all the time that we were working kingsley's cruel crawling foam beat persistently upon my brain maddening me with its ghastly congruity and yet cruel and crawling it was not quicker it could scarcely have been and its quickest was i saw its kindliest already it was playing with the lad's hair though his mistress careless of the risk she ran knelt down beside him and supported his head in her arms pray for me he said she whispered the words in his ear though if she had shouted them with all her strength they would not have reached us on the other side of the boat where with a hope that was hopeless now we were straining ourselves to no purpose in the attempt to right her but oswald was satisfied a look of repose and even comfort settled upon his face before the last words came thank you he said you have made death easy for me and you have done so at the risk of your own life tell them at home i was not afraid she bent down and kissed his forehead and now cover my face end of chapter 10